You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on All Saints Sunday, November 1, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas.
The Beatitudes, of which Jesus, uh, whom Matthew portrays as the new Moses, also delivered on a mountaintop at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. This is, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. They're a little different, these Beatitudes. They're not instructions on leading a good life. No, they're a description of what it's like to lead a blessed life. They're a description, I would like to say, of what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. They have something really important to understand. Each one of these Beatitudes, each one of these blessings, each one of these descriptors of what it's like to lead a blessed life are in the present tense, the present moment. You don't have to wait to go to some far-off place called heaven in some future time to live in the midst of the kingdom of God. No, it's right here and right now. All you have to do is wake up from whatever irreality you might be currently living in and get present to this reality, to God's reality, to God's reign. And these Beatitudes, these blessings, are really counterintuitive. Let's take a look at a couple of them. You're blessed when you're at the end of your road. The blessed of you, there is more of God and God's rule. In other words, when you just feel overwhelmed, when you feel filled with, with despair, at that moment you can surrender all of that foreboding, all of that dread, all of that despair. If you can surrender that to God, you'll, in fact, be filled with God's presence. You'll come into God's presence. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. So many of us have lost spouses or children or parents or siblings or friends, as so many of us have. And that's so hard. It's maybe the hardest thing in life is to, is to lose that. But once again, when we can, when we can understand that those losses are, uh, are only really temporary, and that's what we celebrate on this All Saints Day, these temporary losses, because we, we know our faith is that we'll be reunited with them uh, in the communion of saints. And when, you, when we recognize that, then we can really feel God's embrace. When we, in the midst of our mourning, in the midst of our grief, we can feel God's embrace. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Now, I, 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 I love the, the idea that... Uh, a definition of vocation that I've once heard, a definition of what God is calling you and me to be. Is God's calling you to be whatever it is that makes more of you? Whatever it is that makes more of you. And you know what? You are enough. You are good enough. There's a wonderful, uh, so, so many, maybe you've heard me say this before, but there's a beautiful book written in the, in the 1950s by the British child psychologist E.W. Winnicott. It's called The Good Enough Mother. And Winnicott wrote that book at a time where uh, the, the influence in the United States of Benjamin Spock was really um, paramount and, and, and parents thought they had to be perfect, that there was some standard of perfection that they had to adhere to and if they did there was something wrong with them. And I love that. I love that, that uh, affirmation of, of Dr. Winnicott to, to, 
anxious of a moment. You are good enough. You're good enough. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Well, there's a helpful reminder to us in this election season, isn't it? That our, our call is not, is not to fight, not to be in conflict. Our call is to, is to cooperate, uh, to offer compassion to those with whom we disagree. Not to let go of our principles, but to, but to state our principles uh, compassionately and then offer compassion uh, in the face of all this conflict. And finally, not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. When it means that the truth is too close for comfort, they're uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens, get a cheer even. Although they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applies. Know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Doesn't that remind you of the late Congressman John Lewis's admonition that we should all go out and get in good trouble? Right, that's the prophetic call to go out and get in good trouble. Now, you might be forgiven if you think this state of blessedness all sounds like a dream. Amidst the pandemic, a bitter and chaotic election season, and the overwhelming sense of loneliness that so many of us are feeling. Imagine that somehow we're living in a state of blessing. You've got to be dreaming. Hold that thought for a moment. And let's take a look at another dream. A dream we also heard about this morning. Now, the book of Revelation begins by declaring that it's a dream. A dream of St. John the Divine who's living in exile on the Isle of Patmos. He's had a vision. And when we drop into John's dream this morning, we meet a great multitude from every tribe on earth, speaking every language, all having come out of a great conflict, a great tribulation, John says. They're martyrs. And their robes have been washed in white in the blood of the Lamb. And they're standing before the throne, rejoicing and praising God. No more hunger. No more thirst. No more suffering. And God will wipe away every tear. The book of Revelation is written during the time when Christians and Jews were being persecuted by the Roman Empire. It's meant to be a vision of liberation from oppression, a sign of hope for those persecuted multitudes. We read this passage on this All Saints Day because it offers us a vision of the communion of saints, those whom we love but see no longer. It offers us the hope that they just as we too will someday, are rejoicing with the Lamb of God at the center of the throne. And on this day, at this moment in our nation's history, two days before a momentous election, I want to remind us of yet another dream. A dream shared by a young Christian preacher on a hot, steamy August day, to a multitude who had also experienced more than their share of persecution and oppression. The preacher looked out over the gathered throng and observed that many gathered there had also come out of great trials and tribulations. He assured them that their suffering was redemptive. 
And then he shared with them a vision. He shared with them a dream. A dream which is just as relevant on November the 1st, 2020, as it was on August the 22nd, 1963. The young preacher said, Let us not wallow in the valley of despair, I say to you today, my friends. And so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope and this is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that one day we will be free. And this will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I say. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims cry from every mountainside. Let freedom reign. And if America is to become a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. And so let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the tightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And this happens. And when we allow freedom to reign, when we let it reign from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black.
black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spirit. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, you're free at last. On the day that Martin shared that dream with 200,000 faithful gathered on the mall before the Lincoln Memorial, he was almost exactly the same age as another young preacher who gathered a crowd before him on a Palestinian hillside 2,000 years earlier to share a very similar dream. A dream of the reign of God, a dream of the kingdom of heaven, a dream of a state of blessings. A dream of liberation from all the lies of the father of lies in the here and now. Because that's what Jesus' Beatitudes are. A dream of liberation from evil. A dream of liberation from the lies we tell ourselves about how it's all up to us to make ourselves happy. A dream of liberation from the father of lies who fills our hearts with anger and resentment and outrage. A dream of liberation from the lie that the other, the different one, isn't just as beloved of God as you and I are. A dream of liberation from the lie that resources are scarce commodities that need to be hoarded and not shared. A dream of liberation from the lie that the world that God has made isn't a world of plenty and abundance for all. This dream was shared by Jesus of Nazareth by St. John the Divine, by Martin Luther King. And I pray that this beautiful dream will be shared by you and me. This dream will be shared by this community, we the people of St. Thomas Church. I'll close with something our own presiding bishop, Michael Curry, uh, said at a wedding feast a couple of years back, you probably remember. He ends by quoting one of the beautiful spirituals that a dream, a dream of the abundance of freedom. He said to this couple, and he said to the whole world, when love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive, when love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, Poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will become a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay down our swords and shields by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty good room, plenty good room for all of God's children. And I ask you to join with me in saying the collect for our country. It's printed in your worship sheet. Let's say it together. Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech thee that we may always prove ourselves a people mindful of thy favor and glad to do thy will. Bless our land with honorable industry sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogance, and from every evil way. 
defend our liberties and fashion into one united people the multitudes brought hither out of many kingdoms and tongues. Endue the spirit of wisdom those to whom in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that there may be justice and peace at home, and that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In the time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness. And in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All which we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website www.stthomasmedinamedina.org That's a www.stthomasmedina.org